0: Hey, welcome back, No Problem Parents. Today's episode is all about unrealistic expectations that we have as parents sometimes about our kids. And uh, before I get into the episode, I just want to remind you all to go to noproblemparents.com and sign up for our newsletter. When you do that, you're going to get a free download right away on the Make It Right technique, which can be used really for ages uh, three or four, all the way up to you know the adults using it yourself as an adult. So make sure to go to noproblemparents.com, sign up for the newsletter because there's lots of new things that are gonna be happening this fall uh, at No Problem Parenting. And one of the most exciting things I think that's happening right now is our book launch on September 20th. We have our first book, No Problem Parenting, raising your kiddos with more confidence and less fear. And you guys, I have 21 authors, 22 if you're including me, in the book giving resources, sharing their stories, their real life examples of things that have happened to them and why they are doing the work that they're doing and how they can help you become that confident leader for your kiddos. All the authors have written their chapters around the three steps of no problem parenting, seek first to understand, prepare for the worst, and change the conversation. And so I recommend that you bookmark your calendar for September 20th, because that's the day that the book is going to be published. Um, we're gonna launch it on Amazon and it's gonna be absolutely free. So be sure to get on our newsletter. You'll get the reminder and the update. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at No Problem Parents. So No Problem Parenting is all about a mindset shift for parents, really foundationally. How can you shift from parenting out of frustration or anger or worry or sadness or sympathy for your kids? Get off the fear bus, head over to noproblemparents.com get yourself registered for the course it's just 96 minutes that is really going to change your mindset the way you think about your relationship with your kids and how you communicate with them so that you can be that confident leader that they really do crave you to be if you have any questions you can always click on the contact Jackie tab give me a call we'll have a conversation and determine if no problem parenting can help you Today's episode is featuring one of our authors in the compilation book, Meet Bertie LaRue. He is speaking with us today from South Africa. Bertie is an internationally awarded transformational coach and international speaker. He's an avid radio presenter, a podcaster, and a 40-year business veteran. As a late developer, he was bullied at school. He was told he was a good-for-nothing kid by a middle school teacher. He suffered a hip fracture that derailed his dreams of anything related to sports, and he almost lost everything twice as an adult. He was also fired twice. Growing up, he was living someone else's dream. And so now, Birdie decided to dedicate his life to helping other people to live their deserved life in the here and now, and passionately supports you in mapping your imagined vision or dream. Bertie's going to share with us how our unrealistic expectations can lead us to living vicariously through our kids and inadvertently how that affects our kiddos. He says our kids are born to stand out and not to fit in. I absolutely love that. So welcome to the show, Bertie.
1: Thank you very much. It's an absolute honor to be on your show and it's a pleasure to talk to you all the way from out of South Africa. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's Late night already out here, and you are having beautiful sunshine out your way.
0: So, tell us a little bit about your background. You you're, you were in the world of investments, and now all of a sudden, you're this transformational coach. Like, how did you make that shift?
1: I think I'll start out in, in my educational career. You know, I went to university and studied an accounting direction. And later on in life, I realized that I shouldn't have done that. You know, it is, I am not a person for routine and structure and so forth. I'm, I'm much more of a of a right brain, passionate, right brain person, passionate about people, passionate about people development, because I, I believe that we have got so much going for ourselves, but we hardly ever find that. And so often when I go around, um, I see that, you know, that we are, Born unique, and we each of us, each of our children are born unique. And then, through circumstances and the way we brought up the schools, communities we're in, we spent the rest of our life trying to fit in rather than as we were born to stand out. And that is where my passion was all about. And as a teacher, I experienced that firsthand. And that is what I would like to share with with you tonight, and with the listeners out there, uh, about unrealistic expectations that I experienced firsthand, both as a teacher and later on as a manager and business owner. What the impact is when we inadvertently use people in our own interest
0: makes me think about you know we have kids and and we have all these hopes and dreams for our kids, but often we kind of, some of us, if we're being honest, we tend to sort of live vicariously through our children. And I think we see that a lot in sports or extracurricular activities. You know, maybe we didn't get to do the things we wanted to do growing up because our family didn't have the money or the time or the resources to get us to those those events. Or maybe we just didn't make it very far in our sports or our athletic careers or piano or music. And so now, as we're raising our kids, we're hoping for that for them.
1: Absolutely, and And all I can say to that statement is amen, because that is exactly that, and nobody's yet to be blamed. We just need to realize what we may inadvertently be doing and um, the effect it may have on the youngster on your on your, your your kids whether they are 8 years old or 18 you know um, <clears throat> i just want to throw at an angle in here i i sometimes find you know in a, a, all of us experiences that you get to a shop and there's a little youngster that that goes out of his way screaming and and and, and jumping up and down until you realize that so often as a parent we will promise a little johnny if he's quiet in the store Um, And be it his best behavior, he will get an ice cream or we will go to the park and he can play on the jungle gym or whatever the case may be. But then we've met up with a a friend in the aisle and we spent 10, 15, 20 minutes talking to this friend, just catching up. Fantastic, wonderful, but forgotten about Johnny. And then we say Johnny, Johnny, now we're running out of time. can't go and play or we can't we can't do this we can't do that and then he's out of control and we're saying johnny is naughty and i said we as a parent made a commitment we 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 entered into a contract and we faulted on that contract so next time johnny um, um, has to join you to the shop he doesn't want to go at all because he doesn't trust you anymore but that is just something else. We must understand our behavior and the impact our behavior has on our little children. And we must not think that when they five or six, they're too young to understand. They understand 100%. They understand 100%. And they remember all those things. And unfortunately, they talk about transactional analysis in, in psychology. Is Everything that we learn we make a tape of because we make a tape in terms of our learnings and our response. And we put that tape in a, in, in a, in a subconscious mind, you know, if that situation happens again. Then we just play the tape and we respond accordingly. And it might be a wrong thing because the brain is a wonderful thing. You can't feed it negative things. You just feed it. Anything where there's negative positive, it doesn't distinguish. And That is why I'm so passionate about this whole concept of unrealistic expectations. We must understand how influential we as parents, and for that matter, vitally important as teachers are. The role we play in creating those tapes that they store and they play them in the future. Crucial. And then we can't blame them, but often we do. They respond in ways that we say that is not right. Where did they learn that?
0: This is so important, Bertie, and I'm so happy to have you on because um, as adults, because we finally are adults and we get to be in control, we often think that we can control our kids and they just have to do as we say, not as we do. And I don't say that frivolously or lightly, but if all the listeners today, really think about what are the messages? What are the things you're saying to your kids, telling the expectations you have on them? And your example in the grocery store is absolutely perfect. You make a promise to your kid, if they behave, they're going to get something or some sort of reward, which first of all, if you're not going to be able to follow through, just don't even make that promise. Just set the expectation. We're going to the store. We need to get groceries. You'll need to be patient with me right? While we're there, I don't want to be here either, but we need to get this done. But if you do set a reward, if you do make a promise or a commitment to your child to do something, you must follow through. If not, you're not believable, right? So um, do as I say, not as I do. This happens so often. I also love that you're not only bringing it up for us parents, but also teachers, school systems, daycare centers, any place that works with kids, When you send a message about your rules or expectations, your mission, your vision of the school, of the daycare, you say all those beautiful words and you have this great message you're sending to the kids about how wonderful your program is or whatever it is, but you don't actually walk the talk. The kids, like you say, even at five, they see it. They get it. And it is silly for us as adults to think that, oh, we're just looking good. You know, we're looking so great with our peers, pretending that we have this wonderful program or this wonderful household. And we're really not living up to the expectations, the morals, the mission, the vision, whatever it is that we have set and that we continue to, you know, sing our own praises about. So uh, talk about that a little bit, um, Bertie. I can just think of a couple of examples where kids have actually said to me, well, why do I have to do it? The adults don't do it. You're
1: so right. And, and as I say, I'm a, I'm a grandfather and I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And I mean, they are, they are sharp as you can get. Um, you know, it is a matter of monkey see, monkey do. And it's not just from parent now to child. It is from the older child to the younger one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they learn, they're like sponges. They just absorb, they just absorb from, from early life. They absorb, and, they, and, they, and when they con- the conversations come out, and you sit, sometimes you're aghast about a kid of that age that can have that logic. But they yeah. learn it somewhere. They learn it from us, and we are so grateful that, that, we can, that we can actually be part of that development. That's where we need to be cautious about what we do, and how we do it. I'd, I'd like to talk here, Jackie, a little bit about whole brain thinking, because as a, as, as a practitioner, I'm a, a netling, uh, a, a whole brain instrument practitioner, and what it's all about, it is, it's the ability to understand that, that we are left and right brain, born that way, and it's unique. You don't change that the, those quadrants that 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 you're born with in terms of and then because you're left in your right brain how you ab, how you absorb experiences learnings it's totally different um and i often get parents that, that tell me about the, the kids and they and and then they tell me let's use an example little johnny and mary is when, when it, the sun is out there and, they, and, and, and the parents want the kids just out of their house. So they just want to relax. Mary's in the room. She's playing with the dolls. And she can't understand why Mary can't get out there. You see, sometimes get angry and just chase Mary outside. Johnny is happy. He's all over the show, naughty as ever. Uh, and I mean, getting dirty. Then they come back. And then they want them, uh, want them to, to go and study, to do their homework. Then little Johnny is still all over the show in his room. He doesn't want to do that. Mary is quiet. He's, he's comfortable. And they don't understand that. And they, and they try to, to say and instill the same rules on both of them. But little Johnny is right brain. And little Mary is left brain. Organize, Mary organized, controlled. She studies by desk. She's in a room where she needs quiet. Johnny is all over the show. He can't study in his in his room because he wants chaos around him. He wants his family. He wants noise. He wants a TV. He's he's able to close himself off and study there. But that is the that is the atmosphere he requires as a right brain versus left brain. Parents start trying to control that. We we are absolutely born that way, and you know it, as you grow older. Um, you, you learn certain skills, you know, uh, when the kids are young, we just do an analysis, and we can say they left the right brain, but as they get older, 18, 20, and start going into the working environment as a, as, 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 as college students, then we do four quadrants, because that's a, that's a difference, and that's something for another day, what's applicable now is, is really to think about the left and the right brain, but it's uniqueness there. Um, and, and you can see everything and you, if you understand that, you will understand why they do what they do the way they do it. And that's crucially important because the moment we ask that question, we can ask the same question for ourselves. is Why do I do what I do the way I do it? And because, because it's different. They, it's not a matter of that it is, this is something that's danger. We're talking about the kids inside, outside. Um and and how they re- respond to one another in the house if you've got different kids. I mean, i had I had this boy and a girl, and it's exactly that. you know and 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 when you when later on i've I've learned this, i I learned how to understand what happened, because if Mary is left brain and you go into Mary's room, it's everything is perfect in its place. You know the, the little teddy bear and the doll and the books and the Bible and everything has got his place and it's always there. It's, everything's neat. The bed is made. You go to little Johnny's room. It's chaos. But that's the only way Johnny can be comfortable in his environment and his, in his skin is when there's when the things are chaotic because that then he then he feels a, a place. But you can ask him anything. He will go under the bed and get his toy, and he's going to get his pencil there, and he's he's in control. Then when he's at school and mom uh, tidies up his room because he hates this untidy room, see, messes up his life. Because when he walks into that room, he's in in a strange place. He doesn't fit there. He needs to create chaos quickly so that he can feel comfortable. And the same happened if he then were to go to little Mary's room and just want, play with his sister, just communicate or share with his sister. What would he do? He will move things around because the moment he can create a little bit of chaos there, he could be comfortable there. If, it, if he's in that area where there's, everything is controlled and neat and in place, he cannot relax because he's not comfortable. We must understand as parents. And that's where the unrealistic expectations come from. The one thing is we should not live our youth through our old children. We are not fair to them. Let them be child. Let them experience the playfulness and and the good and the bad and the ugly of being a youngster, being a teen. Let them go through that. It's so important. None of us are born and then we run. We are born and then we manage to... To to slide on our bum, and then we start crawling, and eventually we stand up, and then we start walking. That is the process. And our teens, our kids need to be brought up in the same way, that they can find their own world and experience it. As a parent, my responsibility is is to keep them safe, but allow them space. Okay, Keep them safe, but allow them space to be themselves to develop and grow. And if if I understand the concept of the whole brain thinking in terms of myself, why I do what I do, the way I do it, I can understand the moment I enforce what is good for me, how I would have done it and how I think about it onto my children that I could create conflict because I create discomfort in their area. I must find out which buttons I must press on my children to get the right response. And that means I need to understand how they think.
0: Yeah, that is really good. This begins with the parent, right? We need to understand what our buttons are too. Step one in no problem parenting is seek first to understand why is my child behaving the way they are, misbehaving or behaving the way they are. First, we need to understand why am I responding the way you are or reacting the way you are? And that's one of the things that you do uh, really well when you meet with parents is to help them figure out not just their why, like their purpose and what they're interested in and all that, but why they tick the way they tick.
1: That's a a starting point, because if you understand that you would be able to help them and guide them in the direction and in terms of the future. Because I mean, the, 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 my preference think, thinking. If I prefer, if I'm a right brain person, and you and you were spot on, I'm an emotional person. Um, to me, it's all about people and caring and sharing. It is like you say, it's music, it's color, it's art. It is, it's those things almost the pie in the sky. You know how you treat people, all those kind of things you can't touch. Now, if you are an engineer or an accountant, even even a scientist. And everything to you is, there's no gray. There's black and it's white. This is the way it's done. This is the right way to do it. Then, and that's, there's nothing wrong with it. And there's two things, your left and right brain. There's nothing wrong. It's just a unique me. But if I understand that, you can guide the child in terms of, do the way you, your preferential thinking takes you. Because then you will end up making the choices in terms of what you love doing. And the moment you make the choices in in line with what you love doing, you would choose the right career for yourself. But sometimes we would guide our children, even in that the way we think, because um, if if you become a doctor, you're going to make money. You will never be out, uh, you know, without a job and all those kind of things. Or you say to people, don't become an artist. Don't become a musician. See that people are all struggling. They don't make money. Mm-hmm. If you're passionate about what you do, you'll be good at it because you will love what you're doing. It's just a matter of understanding. We always talk about count till 10 or 100. Just stand back and saying, you know, there's two ways to drive to the shop. It could be the straight one right down the road, or you can go the scenic route. Does it really matter? whether we now and again take the cine group and satisfy the right brain's thinking preference um, or the, directly to the shop, in the shop, and out you go to the left brain uh, thinking preference. Does it really matter? So sometimes we must just sit back and say, there's no way I would have done it. Johnny, go on. Make, let you make a mess. You know, soap and water cleans anything. Just let mm. it be. Because now he's learning, now he's developing, now he's growing. He would understand lately, uh, later on that if he has to clean the mess, he will be less messy. Mm-hmm. But just let him be. Otherwise, you, you take his creativity away from him. Uh, all the intuition that w- which, which he was born, you're taking away. You're suppressing it. And he be- start believing it. I've got no say. I've got no the, uh, mind of my own. I just have to follow suit, you know, like, like ants running in in one straight line.
0: We recently posted, we do a quote a day here at No Problem Parenting on our, on our Instagram and, and uh, Facebook sites at No Problem Parents. And uh, recently we posted a quote that said, you know, we spend the first 12 months teaching our kids to walk and talk and the next 12 years to teaching them to shut up and sit down. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. You know, parents, I think often, like we were talking, living vicariously through their kids, or even if they're not living vicariously through their kids, they just have these hopes and dreams for their kids. And sometimes it's hard as a parent when your kid isn't interested in the same extracurricular activity that you were. It's ultimately our child's dream and vision, and we need to allow them to pursue it. So sometimes it's us pushing them in one direction, and sometimes it's us allowing them to go the direction that their heart desires.
1: Ten out of ten, because I mean that, that that's that's why that's why we're here as a parent, and that is what it is so crucially important. Um, you you using an example of your own life. I often get asked about my own kids what we've done, but the strange thing is when we started out that we just had the two two children. We started out, we said, if we were invited to a place, whether it's a wedding or a party or something, and our kids is not welcome, we don't go. Because we believe that those are the places, whether it's a wedding, it doesn't matter. The kids learn through the experience, the exposure. And all we can do is, is to give them the opportunity to experience so we are outdoor living people, you know. And, and South Africa is a beautiful country for outdoor living. And done a lot of things. And we've done horseback riding and, and, and downhill skiing, which is not very a, a, a popular thing here in South Africa because you don't have the snow uh, like you. I was going to say, how do you um, downhill
0: ski in South Africa? You have to take a trip for that, don't you?
1: We we do have in one of our, our, our adjacent countries that's actually inside South Africa called Lesotho, called the, the, uh, the Mountain Kingdom. They mm. have um, afri ski. They've got one slope. Um, now you would understand that one slope. It probably takes me about um, one two minutes to get down <laughs> to that. You know? And if you go to Austria and and Switzerland and you know you kilometers of of slope. Be that as it may, but. What what we've de- done we've we've really taken our kids everywhere, and they've gone with us overseas, local. We go uh, quad bike riding, um, hiking, and all those kind of things. Not forcing them into it, just phasing them into it, let them experience it so that they can make up their mind to say I like this, I like that, um, and 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 that is crucially important. Now, we at the op- opportunity here because of our our, our country, but. That is what we need to do in any place where we have. Ex- expose your children, but not your wishes onto the dust. The, the, the left brain will be prefer a single kind of sport. You it would take on athletics, for example, um, because that's an individualized sport, tennis, um, something. But the right brain prefers team sport, you know, because you, you yeah. want to interact with people. You want to feel people as part of it, and that's, and, and all of those kind of things, that's why it's so challenging. And I, and, and my heart goes out to teachers. I know when, when I was there, if you've got 30 children in your class, you've got 30 individuals with unique thinking preferences. Yes, they may be left, unless they may be uh, something right, and you can do that. But for you as a teacher to understand the left brain, um, is not necessarily the intelligent guys. And In the right brain, neither are they the intelligent guys. Some learn quickly because you are busy with a subject that they can see and experience. And within five minutes, they have, they've, they've hit it, they know it, understand it. And then the teacher continue to try and get the others on the wagon as well. So the, the teacher's got a challenge now to understand the concept of whole brain thinking and understand the differences and teach them accordingly how they think, and I can go on for hours on this subject, Jackie, what? so you must stop me there. But I'm just saying.
0: No, this is really interesting. So, so important. I, I do want to segue into that. You're a practitioner for this whole brain thinking. Tell us more about that because you're talking the left and right brain and I get all of that. But in my head, I go, yeah, but what about those kids with dyslexia? What about the kids with a mental health diagnosis? What about? Is it just as simple as it's a left brain and a right brain or how does all that other stuff you know the the learning uh, different abilities and the and the mental health. How does that how does that work yeah. with this?
1: I, the the system that we that we apply it is you go online and you go through a a battery of questions uh, which you choose one your first preference your second preference your third preference and the do- default the fourth. So it's a battery of questions of four questions you get the answer, so um, that will then tell you whether your thinking preference is left or right. Okay, And then, then we can analyze it and go through that and test it with parents and saying, can you see Johnny here? Can you see Mary here? Can you see those, those things that you were struggling with when they outplay or when they're studying, um, you know, those kind of things? But what you, what you touch on is kids uh, with, let's say, a, a, a mental incapacity. The awareness of understanding that there's a think, different thinking preference is important. I say again, the importance is that we are sensitive in terms of that the people are different, that we don't enforce our thinking preferences on those we deal with. And we are talking about children here, but Mr. Mr. Business Owner, Mr. Manager, Mr. CEO, understand the same principles apply in your workspace, um, because we make so many mistakes as managers, we, you know, when we appoint people that think like us, because it's so easy. Then we expect them to do the jobs that we hate. And then we fire them for exactly the same reason we appointed them. If mm. I don't like about admin, which, by the way, I hate admin and paperwork, then I must appoint somebody that loves admin and papers. Not somebody that thinks like me. I end up having a different person here. But I understand the differences. And the same with our children. That we, that, that we can understand. And I am saying lots of those kids have got unique things that they love doing. I mean, they, they, some of them are brilliant in maths. Some of them are brilliant in music. We must just understand. Let's, let's expose them. Let's expose them as much as we can. So that we can find out what do they really enjoy doing. Because not one of them are the same.
0: And as they get older, then uh, it's our job. We don't need to be, you know, I see this a lot in parenting that parents try to make everything happen for the kid rather than teaching the kid how to make it happen for themselves or supporting the child and making it happen. So we're rescuing, you know, sometimes parents have to realize if your kid isn't good at something, they're just not good at something. If the kid wants to do it bad enough, it's up to them to pursue it and to figure out how to keep working at it. And sometimes that's hard to watch. Sometimes it's hard knowing, oh, my kid's not good enough or not getting a fair shake or not, you know, it's just the way it is. Other times, uh, parents, I think, are coddling their kids, hovering over their kids, comforting their kids too much um, to the point of protecting them so that the kid doesn't have to go through hardships or rejection or mistakes.
1: And that's what we think. But we are actually, again, doing an injustice. Yeah. I'm smiling on this, uh, this end because my son had a friend. He's an absolute brilliant guy. Um, I, I, I mean, um, he must have an IQ of 145, 115. a kid was absolutely brilliant. It's cool. Um, and he liked to come and visit about over here. But when he comes visiting, the first thing they do when he arrives here, he undresses and he puts Ewa's clothes on and then they go out in the garden and they go and play and then uh, uh, something like half an hour or 40 minutes before his mother's due to pick him up they come in and they wash up clean up and then he dresses up again and then he goes back this uh, you know and his mother's all happy he, and he I mean he loved coming here so that he can get dirty in the mud his parents doesn't allow him that Mm-hmm. They, it, it is not part of them he's brilliant he must study he's all the time and i'm saying that's not it's not fair to your kid so we were naughty but never said something wrong but the kid just loved to come here because here it's it's open season go out they do what you like trampoline swing pool jungle gym trees just do what you like
0: right make a fort out of the furniture in the living room and have blankets and have things all strewn up you know some people aren't yeah. comfortable with mess yeah so it it is just
1: that's the way we must allow our children to play because I say again that's how they will learn and understand what they love doing
0: yeah this is so good
1: we we, we only learn through experience book book knowledge tv knowledge it doesn't help much we learn through experience and then we expand it we understand why do I do what I do the way I do it so I understand that, you know, when I, when I choose a, 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 a friend, a mate, some, we understand how, you know, differences can also attract. Um, we understand that we appreciate it. And, and at the end of the day, those kind of exercises cost you very little. It doesn't help you give little Johnny $150, $100 and send him off to the mall and I say, I'll pick you up in two hours because you quickly wanna go spend some time with your friends. You're doing nobody a favor.
0: Good point, very good point. Well, this has been really uh, helpful. Uh, We need to take a look at our unrealistic expectations from as parents, teachers, coaches, whoever it is, right? Any of the adults that are responsible for leading kids, leadership of kids. And then also understanding this whole brain approach.
1: Dr. Kubert Nietling uh, studied under a, a professor in, in America, a Paul, Paul, uh, uh, Professor Paul Torrens. Kubit um, has now got a couple of, of degrees, uh, doctorates under his band, and I think that comes about, I would say it's about 30, 30 40 years that started out studying uh, creativity and creative thinking and um, then expanded into the whole brain thinking. And um, so it's, it's come a long way. And in, interesting enough, there's a there's a lot of people that swear by it nowadays, um, as a, as even a way of identifying who to appoint into which position in the organization. Get rid of the square pegs in the round holes. Let's get the round holes out oh, the round pegs in the in the round hole. Um, and it's not so complex. And um, I would like to offer the listeners out there an opportunity to to get to know more about it by visiting my website and, um, and making contact with me and I can take them through this.
0: Yeah, that's great. So we're going to put a link in the show notes. What you're going to do is click on that link. It's going to bring you to Birdie's contact page. You're going to put your name, your email, uh, the subject and you're going to want to put in whole brain thinking for the subject that way Bertie will know that this is that's what you're interested in learning more about uh send them a message you can let them know you came from the no problem parenting podcast that would be nice too uh they'll schedule that with you you will send them the assessment is that how that works
1: i'll send them a code they do the assessment and then i i sent them um the report and um um, I would love to spend some time and I'll offer them a 30-minute um, Zoom or Teams call to discuss it with them.
0: Okay, so and how long does the att- assessment take? It, for them it to should complete? take about
1: 20, 25 minutes to half an hour. I mean, for adults, there's, uh, um, there's two uh, uh, battery of questions. That takes about 40 to 45 minutes because one of those things that you don't overthink it asks okay. you, what is your, what's your preference? It gives you, gives you four questions. And it asks you, what's your preference? Number one, number two, number three, and fourth one, uh, uh, um, the default one. And you go to the next one. Don't overthink it. that's a test for qu- uh, kids, uh, for, for young kids, um, young, let's call them young um, teens. And then adults, young adults, and then adults in this. You know, there's a, a questionnaire to help you how to play better golf, how to play netball, how to play um, football, you know, how, what is your skill set, um, communication style, uh, approach to money, um, because all of those kind of things, that's got a, a thinking preference. You think about it in a different and unique way. And there's a profile. There's, uh, I mean, this uh, uh, net and brain instruments are available in 38 countries in the world, um, so you know, if a parent contact me, I may even put them in touch with somebody out in your area, um, mm-hmm. in, your, in your state, in, 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 in these states. So it is quite well known. And like I say, I can talk about this subject for hours because it's so important and there's so many angles to it. Whatever, I mean, we know that everything we do starts with a thought. And my thinking is my preference. And your thinking is your preference, so it's everything starts with a thought, and it and it guides you to whatever you want to do. So we look at the same picture, and we come to a different conclusion because of the way we think.
0: That is so good. Thank you, Jackie. So I'm also really excited, Bertie, because you are going to be one of the authors in our first compilation book here at No Problem Parenting. The book is called No Problem Parenting, Raising Your Kiddos with More Confidence and Less Fear. It's coming out this September and you are actually writing a chapter in that book.
1: I'm excited about it. Um, And I hope those that read the chapter will get learning experiences from that because all we need to do is be aware about our differences.
0: Mm -hmm. We seek first to understand that is step one in No Problem Parenting. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Bertie, for being with me today.
1: Lovely to spend time with you. I loved every second of it. Thank you very much for the invite.